Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me, with the power of the internet, is... Penny Pitchland. Thank you so much again for doing this with me. Uh, you're also known, I guess, by your artist name? <laughs> yeah, so my solo project is called Labyrinth. So who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Penny Pitchland. I am a singer-songwriter... Bass player, guitar player, composer, kind of producer, writer, performer, and currently a, um, a department manager at a grocery store. Cool. I don't really care to talk about people's day jobs. Nobody really <laughs> wants to talk about their own day jobs. And so uh, we really want to talk about the uh, all the music involved things. So uh First of all, how did you first get started in music? You know, I didn't really start sharing music until like my early 20s um, as far as like performing and stuff. But I grew up with musical parents, um, not like professionally, but my mom was um, always playing piano in the house and my dad played guitar and, um, you know, mainly like started singing in choirs. Um, both at church and my elementary school had a really cool music program um, where we learned things on like xylophones and kind of learned about melodies and um, and like composition of of pieces my our music teacher would like dissect a piece and teach us all kind of orchestra style on xylophones different parts and then we'd play them all together and I just always loved music. I always sang a lot growing up. And um, yeah, so I think music's always been a big part of my life. But um, as far as like actually writing my own music and specifically sharing that music with other people, that was a little bit later um, in my development, I suppose. I always forget to ask, but like in case you didn't grow up where you are now uh where did you grow up <laughs> oh yeah um well I almost did I grew up in Norman Oklahoma and I'm currently living in Oklahoma City um I went to high school up here in Oklahoma City and elementary school as well so but I lived in Norman yeah I feel like you know a lot of people get their music basics from just those like elementary school uh music classes were you involved in any music stuff in like middle school or high school or would did that kind of like go by the wayside with kind of as you get involved in other stuff I quietly looked up to some musicians um I saw in like the spotlight if you will and but never really thought that I don't know I just never I never really thought that that was a thing I I could do um you know, I thought that was something to be left to whoever was like, um, I don't know, predestined by likely like birth into royalty or something um, of who would be the musicians. I don't think I, I was never really growing up. I just kind of knew of like what was on the radio and what was, um, you know, pretty commercial. And so I never, I wasn't really exposed as a young person to like local music or DIY music or just the idea of being being an artist for for being an artist's sake um and I didn't I don't think I ever thought that was something I could do until a little bit later 
in my life, but yeah. What, like, when did you decide to like, Ooh, I can do music, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think that kind of happened to me too. I'll be honest, like in high school and stuff, I was always like writing songs, but I kind of joke for a while that I was like a closet guitar player and I just wouldn't, I was just too, like, I never really thought I was very good and just kind of, I was doing it for me for sure. As you do as an emotional outlet, a place I process things and um I guess really at, at some point you know there was I was like playing a song that I wrote in at a friend's house and a mutual friend was there I don't even think I was playing for anyone per se but they happened to hear some of it and asked me if I wrote it and I said yes and he happened to play bass and was just like we should start a band and I kind of just went along with it I didn't yeah, I, I don't think I would have ever thought, oh, I could do music um, until someone else kind of like validated what I was doing in a, in a way that was acting like it was, I don't know, I don't want to say special, but just like, you know, unique and something that could be um, appreciated by anyone other than me. I never really had thought about it, about it being like worth anything to anyone besides myself. What was that band and you know, I guess, where did you go from there? So that band was called Penny Hill. And that was kind of like a stage name I took on, but like called the band that and um, we really just played. It was myself, a guy named Tanner Blair, who played the bass, a guy named Kyle Combs, who played the Farfisa organ, and then a guy named Chase Spivey, who played drums. And like those people were like the core of it. I don't really know how long that was, maybe a couple of years even. Um, but the, they were like the core of it. And then I, you know, we'd occasionally get other people involved, like, um, you know, like a trumpet player, or like a violinist or um, just kind of, I liked kind of orchestral type arrangements, um, but it was definitely like a folk sort of, I guess, instrumentally, instrumentation wise, it was like a full project. And, um, and yeah, I don't know, I just kept writing songs and playing them with these guys. And then, you know, at some point, people kind of went their own ways. I went through another iteration of that same band. I tried, I recorded some of the songs I had been playing and some new songs with a friend named Travis Linville. Um, and that record is actually on Spotify. And then I did like a couple singles or like a seven inch rather um, that I think is also on Spotify um, under Penny Hill. And that was kind of it. Then I kind of like disappeared for a little while um, for various reasons. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, what came of that was, I guess I kind of just through that experience learned how important music was to me um just almost as like um my creative practice is I guess a big part of my spiritual practice and my like emotional and mental health um so anytime I've been like separated from it for very long cut off from it if you will um it's not been good <laughs> um it's generally been a time of a lot of struggle and strife for myself so 
so yeah that was like the first project and then that kind of I got involved in other people's projects and playing in other people's bands and stuff like that um and then like way fast forward then like 2017 I started doing my own music again and named my project Labyrinth because really like seven years had gone by before I since I had done since I had put anything out of my own and I just felt like such a different human being than I was when I had last recorded and and done music and of my own um so I wanted to rename it and come at it with a fresh fresh feel what were your influences whenever you first started being in a band and putting songs together yourself there's a certain like what was his name Phil Elfram the microphones the knot twist a lot of this like kind of emo-y not emo but like emotional and emotive um anti-folk I guess or I don't really remember what the genre is called but like just this this like scene of kind of DIY folk musicians that were kind of actually pretty well known by that time that had come out of like the Seattle Olympia um I don't know the Puget Sound area I guess um and it was kind of like this rainy dreary vibe that I really that I really liked it wasn't like necessarily sad but it was definitely like thoughtful folk music I guess is what I'd call it like you know and then like Daniel Johnston like just really heartfelt folk music that was like modern I guess I don't know if that's describing it right or not but Mira Mira comes to mind I really liked Mira and and like yeah the microphones they were like a huge a huge I was a huge fan of them I think that there's a weird thing that happens that like when once you get involved in music like there's all of these assumptions I guess that happen which is like oh I guess we're in a band now should we record these songs I guess we're in a band now should we perform these songs like where did those things happen how kind of easily did that come to you oh man yeah I mean that did not come easily to me at all I didn't record I played in a band and didn't record anything for like two and a half years or more um because I didn't really think about that uh it didn't come easy to me the performing part definitely didn't come easy to me when I was a kid I was like deathly afraid of being on stage and being the center of attention I hated it um I would get really sick before I would do ballet recitals and stuff I didn't really even I don't even remember doing more than one I don't think my mom put me through that (laughs) I think she saw how much I hated it and then kind of let me sit back and not have to do that um but yeah I I it was very difficult. I will um, definitely admit to, you know, using drugs and alcohol to um, get over what I would say is like stage fright and imposter syndrome. And at that point, I don't think it was imposter syndrome, though. I think I legitimately didn't know what the hell I was doing and kind of didn't really understand why anyone would want to watch me like suffer through attempting to play like it would all be fine in someone's garage. or even like in a backyard, um, you know, at like a house party or something. But but once it got into like the stage and and the PA and all the amplification and, you know, when I was like the loudest thing in the room, 
like I, oh, I used to hate hearing my own voice to the PA. I mean, really my development of an artist was just, is like hand in hand with my development as a human being and like self-acceptance and growing into like taking up space and stuff. Like it was not easy when I was a young, when I was like younger, um, I was not able to do that very easily. I don't know. I, I was, I felt very scared and it's taken a lot of, of pra- practice, I guess. And then I guess in contrast to like what you're doing now and you're sort of intentionally seeking out music. And like you mentioned earlier that you, in those times when you, it's not prevalent in your life, it's, it affects your mental health. So like, how is music now and the things that you're making now sort of fulfilling a bit more of that creative passion in a way that, you know, benefits you? Well, yeah, I think now it's like a balance um, in the other direction almost. Like I ha- I'm just, I have to remember, like, I'm not in a hurry to, to, to do anything. Um, like, you know, I play, I play in a band that, that deals with like labels and, and the industry more than, than my own project does. And so like that world has a little bit of like deadlines and, and these types of things, but my stuff I've really kept for myself and, but I do really enjoy sharing it with people now. I'm not so now that I'm not so scared of it. Um, so yeah, like I seek things out. Um, I try to be more intentional and, I still sometimes avoid it, to be honest. It's like weird how, you know, sometimes, I mean, I think we all do that in different areas of our lives. We just like, for what, it's like, you know, you refuse to go to the gym or whatever, even though, you know, you feel great when you get done with it. It's like, I'm lazy sometimes. Um, Sometimes I don't want to write the song that wants to be written, if that makes sense. Um, Sometimes where I am emotionally is like um, easier to avoid than head on then face it head on and 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 walk through it and and write about it or you know whatever like experience it because that's usually for me what ends up happening if I really sit down and dig in I I find out where I am (laughs) and like um I start experiencing the feelings that I've maybe been like talking myself out of or um putting my like rational mind like you know what I mean like uh yeah I've been like explaining myself out of or or convincing myself not not to like let it take me and then but usually that just that just kind of keeps me stuck and then if I can if I can get into the creative space and even if it doesn't make sense um if I can just let some things come out and come through usually I, I feel a relief and and a release from whatever I was kind of hanging on to yeah cool (laughs) Uh, so I guess you know you there's a point where you feel like you have completed a song or it feels like it has to be done at this point or like you can't add anything more to it so like (laughs) I guess where is that point to you how do you know whenever a song is done or that you know whenever you're done contributing to it yeah that is a funny question because I think that's different uh, with different songs. Occasionally, I will really feel done with the song. 
honestly though i i realize now that's kind of the beauty of recording um i don't really i would say i've never finished a song until i've never truly finished a song until i've recorded it and and even farther than that until i've like put it out i wouldn't consider it done until i've you know like tied it up in a little package and sent it out to the world said like here's the song um and then i move kind of move on from it and i might play it differently if i do it live or whatever but i think at that point i stop thinking about the song like i stop considering it like it's no longer like a living breathing thing for me that's like in development because it's you know i kind of compare it to like i'm 35 i don't have kids i just have lots of songs and like I kind of compare it to like that type of like child rearing or something it's like I kind of like like maybe I like birth I give it the initial like conception or whatever and then I kind of like nurse it along and then maybe like I play it live so maybe I like give it a life by like playing it live or or stuff in the recording of it but I really it'll kind of usually be in the recording process for a minute and I'll have to sort of like walk around it and look at it and and let let a few other people's ears get involved um get some other get some other creative minds involved in it and then and then yeah at some point hopefully before I hate it because there's always a point where I'm like I don't really like this anymore um which is why I've learned to get other people involved because if someone else is involved like, no 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 like don't give up on it let's finish this like okay okay but yeah I would say when I when I release it into the world name it you know let it be heard and whatever then it's done and ideally I stop thinking about it that's totally not reality I've I have a lot of songs I'm just like oh I could have done this other thing or whatever but yeah but at the same time there's like a level of like once you do release it in a way you're like proud of it you're proud of the thing that you made enough to want to share it with other people right yeah yeah usually I'm proud of it I mean definitely there's a level of being proud of it and then there's also a level of like being sick of it just gonna like oh I'll get this thing out like because I do know that I am proud of it but like if you stare at it too long it's like you stop seeing you stop you know that feeling or whatever for me that experience of like creating it is no longer available to me like really like two days later so like if I'm in the studio with it like six months later because I can barely ever get into the studio with stuff these days like I have to kind of remember um I have to kind of recall that kind of magic feeling that that happens whenever you come up with something because because I come up with it and if I could be in the studio that day or the next day and usually that's why I'll, I'll do stuff at home as much as I possibly can, because that first inspiration, when it's first kind of pouring through you, it's like to catch that stuff and put it into the recording is when it's the best, I think. Yeah. So I guess more kind of conceptual questions around music, but like, what is a sort of like deep nitty gritty or advanced concept in songwriting or composition or production that you feel like you're really excited about or that you feel like no one's tried and then you hear it in something and you're excited about it like what's what's some sort of like cutting edge thing that you're that's on your mind 
That's a good question. I don't really think there's many cutting edge things on my mind. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not much for technology, if that's kind of what you mean. I struggle to, <laughs> I, I feel like I do things a very difficult way considering the amount of technology that's available now. I just don't really want to learn new machines um, to make music. But I did with a friend kind of recently, I did the like um, share a session over Zoom, which I don't know if that's kind of what you mean, but like where we could work together, like she's in Austin, I'm in Oklahoma City, and we could work on a track together and like see the session, see the same session on the screen share or whatever. And she could like run my she could run my operating system from her computer. And that was like super trippy to me because I've never done any, I don't do stuff. She's like super techie. I'm way not. Um, And so that was like really wild for me and felt really cutting edge. I don't know if it actually is cutting edge, um, but that's probably really normal for a lot of people, (laughs) but it wasn't for me. Uh, Well, I think even more so, like, it doesn't even necessarily have to do with technology or something, but even even like a songwriting trick or something that like, I don't know, oh, oh, like putting the bridge after the first chorus or something would be like something like, whoa, hey, I'd never tried this before. And now that I did, it really like is something that more people should try or something, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I don't I I don't really think about songs that way I guess um like I I know that my songs technically like some of them have what would be called like a bridge or refrain or chorus or verse but I don't often write songs knowing what which is which or what is what in that regard um I kind of just see them as puzzle pieces and like I don't necessarily I, I rarely like name them it's usually only when I get in the studio and for like the producer or organize like engineer's sake for like his session he wants to label stuff and i'll be like okay yeah i guess that's the chorus or that's the verse like i often end up like starting a song in the chorus kind of or like but then i think it's the verse but like turns out it's the chorus i don't know (laughs) i don't really yeah kind of another one of these is uh is there such a thing as bad music Ooh, um, man, you know, I'm going to philosophically say no, but like taste wise, you know, like there's music that I do not like. Um, and it's usually way less about, I don't know how to say this without sounding like woo woo, but it's usually way less about the actual like music than it is about like the, what I see as like the energy behind it or like, like the vibe, you know, like. And I mean, really like the voice, I have a thing with voices. If I don't like the voice of the singer, I'm not really probably going to be able to get down with the song. I don't, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think there's bad music. I think there's pretty bad music out there. Um, Like for me, a lot of it too is just like content, like what someone is writing about for me is what, you know, makes me feel a little bit, I'm a little bit averse. Like I'm, I'm trying not to be anti stuff and just like focus on what I like and not what I dislike. But yeah, there's definitely stuff about music that I'm just like, Oh no, (laughs) like 
I'm like whatever my day job right now there's like a playlist on repeat and it's like there's some bad music on that you know like you know it's not like it's out of key or like pitchy it's just like pointless is is kind of how I see it like that song did not need to be written like (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, and then kind of related with that is is sort of and these questions are kind of linked anyways but do you separate art from the artist and is there such a thing as selling out Ooh. Um, do you separate art from the artist? I think it's pretty hard to separate the art from the artist. I think it's hard to separate the art from a good artist. Anyways, I think a good artist is present in all of their art. Like, is that what you mean? Or you mean like, can I hear? Okay. So I see this as two different ways. Like one thing is like, I like, yes, I can consume. I mean, I don't, I'm not someone to like investigate who is who in the art world and the music world. Like, I don't know who's in what band or whatever, or even half the time what the band is. So I can definitely separate and consume like a piece of art or a piece of music without knowing anything about the artist and feel fine about that. Um, but I also, I also like to think that, you know, like, you can hear an artist in like a good artist can kind of like leave a leave their imprint even in a very subtle way on anything they do you know like not necessarily because they have trademarks or whatever but just like you can feel hear or see or whatever i think a good artist um in all of their work yeah and i think you're pretty much like yeah you understood the question right it, it is like you know if if you know that an artist is like an asshole or just a, a morally abhorrent person, you know, are you still able to listen to that? Do you recoil? Does it keep you from coming back to it? No, I mean, honestly, I, I don't, I, it doesn't really, I choose not to know most of the time because I don't really want to. Um, cause I think most people at one point or another have been like, a, have made shitty decisions or been assholes or, you know, who am I to judge type thing? Um, and I mean, there's different extremes of that, but like, no, I mean, a good song is a good song. And if I find out that the person was an asshole, like the song's still good. That doesn't like make the song bad all of a sudden for me anyway. Oh, and then the selling out. I don't know. That's a weird question. I mean, like, that's just such a funny concept this day and age. I think, like, like, I don't even know what that would mean now. I think the whole world's sold out. Like, I don't <laughs> I think artists are, are not. Uh, yeah, I just think everyone's pretty much a sellout at this point, artists or non-artists. <laughs> I think everyone's pretty well sold out to the capitalist like whatever the heck that we're all trapped in so whatever a couple more questions in the sort of you and music realm but like uh what's something people don't normally know about you maybe that i'm self-taught at every instrument i've ever learned i've i'm i play everything by ear i don't actually like i'm not actually a musician <laughs> no i'm just kidding i am but i yeah i play everything by ear that's maybe something not everyone knows i don't know yeah 
no, that's, that is really cool. And like, and just for your sake, like, just because you don't know, like necessarily the notes or whatever, it doesn't mean you're not a real musician. Cause you're probably more real a musician than anyone, than like lots of people that are actually in like music school, for example. So, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> definitely my running joke with myself. So it's like, I always have that to like, excuse myself i'll be like and eh, i don't know i'm taught i just self-taught whatever i don't know the rules <laughs> uh and then what advice do you have for people that are wanting to make music like you do maybe not like you do but make music <laughs> yeah um you know i've actually like i've been asked that type of thing before and i really like i mean the only advice i have is like just make the music like you know talking about selling out or whatever and I mean my kind of sarcastic comment everyone's sold out they're really I just kind of mean you know everyone's so hot for like making everything a career and like monetizing everything um I think most most things are have sold out but like someone who wants to like make music I mean it just depends it's like if you know you want to make you want to make money or do you want to make music so those are not always um those are actually rarely going together so i think you have to make that decision first and you can do them together don't get me wrong i don't mean to say that's i think the starving artist is like not it's just like a myth um it's not it's not it doesn't have to be true but but i think like making music with the focus on money is just a very different thing but it is doable and it surely can still be fun and enjoyable and um you know everything and then there's like making music that just for you and i think it's like maybe important to know your motive and your motive might change but just to make the music and like not wait for you know i've just heard people approach me and be like, I just, I really want to get into songwriting. And I'm just like, well then write songs, like just get into songwriting. Then there's no way to, there's no, like, I mean, I have heard of people who like, I went to a songwriting school and like, then I put out a record and like, whatever you can do it that way. Um, but just start writing songs. Like if you want to get into music, get into music, pick an instrument, play it, see what happens. Like, I think, if it's in you, it's in you. And if it's not, then like maybe try going to school for it or whatever. Um, if you really want it, you know, like you can, I think anyone can do it. Some people are more naturally inclined to it, but I don't think that excludes people who want to learn it more like mathematically or whatever. Um, but yeah, just do it. Like, you know, Nike says like literally just pick up the stuff and do it and don't wait for like someone to give you permission to you know don't wait for someone to give you permission or pay for you to go to school or like whatever if you want to make music just make music and other stuff will come later but no one's gonna like you're not gonna get famous making music if you never make music yeah <laughs> uh switching gears into the deeper questions uh what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life well I would say um, religion doesn't have much of a role in my life, but I would say spirituality is the um, is the director, is the writer, director, and producer of my show. <laughs> um, yeah, spirituality is definitely the 
very center of, of all of it. I guess in, in what way, what, uh, <laughs> I guess, how would you describe your spirituality? I would describe my spirituality as like, like a trust fall into a really deep, slow flowing river and just like um, a surrender of sorts into the current um, and going with the current and not fighting the current. My spirituality is like, I don't like, I don't really have a way to name it per se. It involves a lot of different practices. I work with the tarot a lot. I work with, I work with, I don't know how to like, that's one of the more tangible forms of, of like um, ritual, I guess. I am interested in astrology and psychology. Um, I study things. I'm, I, I kind of fancy myself maybe a universalist. I really like religion fascinates me. Um, I am not a like subscriber specifically to one. If I had to pick one, I'm culturally Christian, but probably in practice a Buddhist. And, but really I think there's a lot of amazing stuff in all of the ones I've ever encountered or read anything about. Um, and they really all are saying the same thing. So I don't know, my spirituality really just entails like a constant, um, a constant seeking and uncovering and like discovering more and more like how I'm connected to like that, which is all, you know, that, that, that came before me and that, that will remain after me. And just kind of like consistently like meditating on and um, contemplating how to just be be in that and and accept that and be one with it um, while still being like a human being living in a the world that we live in. Um, it's such a complex topic <laughs> that it seems hard to like answer that very firmly. But yeah, no, I think that was a very nice and poetic way to describe it so yes <laughs> what is your definition of god mm, well that <laughs> i well i really like the term good orderly direction as an acronym god acronym um i really like jungian theories collective consciousness as the god head thing or as like the god consciousness um i really relate to that and and my experience really lines up with that um and yeah um i the words that i use in in replace to replace the three-letter word is often like love or um wisdom beyond my understanding um you know like higher self um or I like the, I think it's in the, I don't know, I'm not going to name the religion because I'll get it wrong, but there's like this term Atman, Atman or something. It's like the one, kind of the idea of just that one soul or a soul. I don't even know if that's the right word, but just like whatever the inner, whatever the, whatever it is that we all are, that vibration, Om, like God is like, it's a hard word for me because I I, it's so hard to shake the, um, you know, bearded guy in the sky thing that 
works for some people, but does not work for me. Um, and so that word can be weird, but I definitely, I do use it, you know, cause it, it, words are just words, whatever. They're always limited. And especially when you're talking about like the most incomprehensible, like highest of high, um, I don't know. I've, I don't know anything of like, I, <laughs> I don't know anything about God, but I know that I'm constantly looking for it and so I'm I, I think I'm I'm pretty consistently also um experiencing it because I'm looking for it you know what I mean yes definitely I know exactly what you mean <laughs> what do you think happens when we die Ooh, um I'll preface my answer to this by saying like you know 100% I have no idea um, but I do like to think about that stuff and I've definitely had some interesting, I'll say encounters that, that kind of make me feel like it's not, you know, like over, over, um, and then the whole idea of like energy, neither being created nor destroyed is I don't know. I'm lately I am I'm pretty into the reincarnation idea. I don't know how like um I don't know. I don't think like too deep into it like I I have before in the past. I'm in a pretty comfortable place of of not knowing and not needing to know. But you know, I am I I suffered like a traumatic loss of a family member not that long ago and it is something that that experience has kind of influenced, I think, some of my perception, my experience after that. And um, man, you know, I don't, I don't really know, but I think it's um, something pretty amazing. And I'm not talking like pearly gates, but I definitely, I definitely think there's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I would like to think that there's some um, major like, release and relief um that there's you know the shackles of this like skin suit that we wear I think I don't know I also kind of think it just 100% depends on the individual and their consciousness and how much work they have or have not done um in this lifetime which I think is kind of why I'm I do like I like the reincarnation thing I think we can be set up for, uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I think we, it's like a built choose your own adventure type thing. It's kind of how I, I see it and put in a simple way. Like, you know, if, if you're ready for it, I feel like you could like level up and like really, um, experience something new and grander. And maybe if you're not ready, you just kind of like hang around and like wait to try it again I don't really know though like it's the most it's the most fun thing to speculate on though <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well I'm sorry for your loss and I'm glad you're on the other side in a good place about it yeah for sure how do we reduce the division between people if that is a goal for you hmm. well I mean I mean, I think like loving kindness, tolerance, you know, I don't, it's a goal for me 
um, to maybe reduce the division and like judgments between me and any other people. I think that's really about all I can do. That's about all any of us can do. Um, you know, I, I, do I wish there's peace on earth? Definitely. Um, but I know the only place I can really like have an impact on that is, um, in my own day-to-day encounters. I think trying to walk through the world without judgment, I do not do it very well, but I am probably getting better, you know? Yeah. Do you believe humans are evil by nature? Evil? Mm, No, I don't really. I don't. I don't really know how to explain that, but I don't really believe there anything is evil by nature. I don't. I don't think anything in nature is inherently evil. I think everything is like that kind of duality. Like, I don't, I just don't think that's reality. I think, you know, even the most, I mean, like the most beautiful thing, like birthing of a baby is like a really violent experience really for that baby. Um, I don't know. I guess I just think anything that's super dark is only seems that way because of the contrast light and it's like everything kind of contains both so no long answer short no i i do not think that people are inherently evil thank you for finding the secret hatch out of that question which is the direction that i normally want to go towards by asking that question (laughs) what was the secret hatch uh sort of bypassing the duality or the binary that is good versus evil or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Hmm. Well, you just said it too. I think the non-binary and not just like in a gender thing, but I think, I think there's, I think some transcendence is on the way. I think, um, you know, I don't know. I, in one way, I think like, yeah, the end of civilization as we know it. Um, but that doesn't mean like, I don't know, the likely also means the beginning of a new civilization as we never knew it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I kind of doubt I'll see any of that. <laughs> like, um, But I, I think there's, I don't know, it's so tough. There's so much like hate and division, but then at the same time, there's like, you know, existing right beside it is like an unprecedented unprecedented amount of love and tolerance on massive scales like things that used to have to be that used to be hidden or punishable by death or like whatever there is like so much so many like minds expanded and like hearts that are open to others across barriers of like race and religion and culture and all this stuff and there's still all the all the others that aren't but these ones that are I don't know it's just like can't deny that so I don't know I'd like to think just hopefully just like figuring out the planet thing man that's like because people have been killing each other and hating each other forever. So just as long as we can stop doing it to the earth, like I think we'll be okay. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What are you optimistic about for our future or your future, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm optimistic about, 
I mean, really collectively, I'm, I'm optimistic about the fact that things like meditation are becoming mainstream um, and things like, yeah, I mean, the fact that like more people, like just the fact that more people are being exposed to a pra- the practice of meditation and that that's like a topic of conversation for people who that never, ever would have been um, is huge because that kind of like inward turning inward like that shit's gonna save the human race I think like um slowing down I feel optimistic about about that about the fact that some of those practices are have snuck into the mainstream society um I mean like yeah I and in my own future I'm very optimistic about um just having made some progress you know in my own spiritual life and development and ability to let go and um not swing so hard to either side like to rest somewhere in the middle and getting better and better at that as I get older and so I can only hope to continue to practice the middle path and get better at it um and just mainly just stay committed to it whether or not I get better at it I don't know probably doesn't matter Mm. (laughs) what makes you content Hmm. well I mean, gratitude, like, I don't know if that's a weird answer, but choosing to have gratitude in a moment definitely can change my perspective from discontented to contented. Um, Yeah. And I think with that, like, you know, meditation, slowing down and seeing things as they really are can like allow me to have gratitude and that keeps me content. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> when will you be satisfied? But I was just talking about this today. Like, I i mean, I will be satisfied for like some minutes here and there, hopefully every day for the rest of my life. Um, I don't, I don't think ever. I think it's in, you know, I don't think humans are inherently evil, but I do think they're inherently hungry um, or thirsty or something. And um, yeah, I, I think we are like desire factories and um, once, you know, once you get something, you, you want something else or not, or maybe, you know, you find out what you got isn't what you thought. And so you want something else. And I think that's just kind of like part of the struggle of being human is just like, you know, wanting something and then, then what, and then you want something else. I mean, it's just kind of a endless cycle. I think, but I do have moments I think the same thing is like what makes you contented it's like I am content in a moment and then and that's like when I'm satisfied with the present moment as it is I can accept things as they are without needing to change them make them any better or judging them or anything and then something happens and I start judging it and I'm no longer content and I'm no longer satisfied um but it's like a moment to moment thing. So I, I, I think I will be on and off <laughs> for the rest of my days. Last two questions. Uh, what advice do you have for people in general? Um, worry less, enjoy more. Awesome. Beautiful. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, potentially most importantly, cake or pie. Hmm, dude, that's tough. Like, I'm gonna say cake, yeah. And 
corollary to that last question is what is best cake? Mm, lavender cake from the Earth Natural Foods in Norman, Oklahoma. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Penny, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm very glad to have had you. Where can we find you and your things? Ooh, well, my music is at labris.bandcamp.com. And that's L-A-B-R-Y-S. Um, and I'm on Instagram at I am Labris. Um, that's pretty much the extent of my social media, but Bandcamp is where I post all my music and you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and those places as well. Yeah. Uh, is there like anything to be expecting anytime soon or, you know, this we've gotten some recent singles, but I don't know if those are like just one-offs or is there like an album or something? I am working on another single right now. Um, but honestly, I don't, I am kind of, um, probably going to, I'm getting a band together for some live shows. I think I'm going to try to record this winter a full length full length because the singles were going to be a full length but like studio time everything during covid kind of um didn't go as planned so i'm just kind of going with the flow and might put out another single before the end of the year because there's one in the works um and then hopefully new record in the spring or summer of next year awesome well Thank you so much once again. Uh, I'm Santiago Ramones, and you are? Penny Pitchlin. Thank you so much, Santiago. And now here's Shy Walker by Labris. Some nights in my own purview 
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. I have an EP, a short album, that is streaming everywhere right now. It's called Soundbites. The music you're hearing right now is from Soundbites. Listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you stream music, or buy it on Bandcamp, because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day, for a year. I'm also working on another album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Santiago Ramones. Follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. There's also a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. Go to santiagoramones.com slash discord to join. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews by saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you, and I am so very grateful to continue doing BitDepth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.